Welcome to episode 294 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsburg, and Ben Rathick's back on the show. How you doing, Ben? Glad you're here. I'm doing great, Dave. It's um, I can't complain with 60-degree weather in, the, in yeah. uh, well, it would be now late February. Yeah, we're, we're usually in the 20s. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, also here, Jeff Gambit. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, and and I can't believe just how warm it is for Ben because that's just not right. Well, it's, it's warm here. Sixty plus degrees is more this afternoon here. So uh, we were supposed to hit sixty today, and we got up to like forty-two. Yeah, yeah. we're having a yeah, so unseasonable. We'll, we'll 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 hit those temperatures in a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jeff wanted to drive around with the, with his windows down, and I actually got to. Yeah, that's about right. Yep. Yep. So let's go and talk about Apple like we always do here. There's a beta this week. There's all kinds of stuff. We're going to hit a little bit on the battery life of an iPhone. I haven't talked about that in a while. There was a pretty massive outage as we record this today. We're going to hit on that because that was uh, kind of scary. Lots of news and, you know, all the fun discussions that we always end up having every week on this show. But let's uh, go ahead and start, like we always do, in the topics in beta. Apple did see the fourth beta of iOS 17.4 and iPadOS 17.4 to developers, as well as its public. Uh, that was uh, released a couple days ago. We're running through these updates. Same stuff. Really haven't seen anything yet. Uh, I'm assuming you've got it all lo- locked and loaded, Ben. Has anything changed since between beta 3 and beta 4? Not seeing any real changes. But the one thing I did notice, they are an A build, which means we should be getting really close to the next updates being out in the wild. Yeah, I would expect we'll talk about. next week should probably be in RC. Yeah, I would think so. I would bet that uh, March timeframe, we'll talk about that just a bit. So as well as we had uh, TVOS and uh, WatchOS uh, had their updates as well. Nothing really notable when it comes to that. And yeah, and then of course Vision OS is. I have to report Vision OS now. I got to get used to that. It's a new thing now. Vision OS one point one that beta is out as well. I don't think there. That's a third beta. I don't think there was anything real notable as far as any changes we talked about last week. Uh, the beta notes say the users can now reposition vol- volumetric scenes closer than they could before, enabling easier direction direct interaction with the volumetric scene content means objects can be placed closer to you. Ooh. And then they have th- done some improvements on the persona, which everybody has been definitely shaking their heads <laughs> how how awful it looks. So, but hopefully we get to see how, how people look with this improvements on the Vision on the Vision Pro. But as I mentioned, yes, it looks like iOS 17.4 is going to be uh coming next month in March as we record this. So, we did talk about a lot of the stuff that is going to be added and we and i don't have to beat this to death because the changes to the app store in the eu we know that's the biggest thing that's going to happen alternative uh, app marketplaces so companies like epic games will be able to create their own app and marketplace on the iphone and the browser engines and the web kit changes and all kinds of crazy stuff but notably the stolen device protection improvement there, there are going to be some improvements on there allow you to choose to always require a security delay when changing the security settings where previously you could only, the only option was to enable the delay when you were 
away from familiar locations. The Transcription Apple Podcast, I still haven't had to try that yet. Has, have you had any chance, opportunity to try that, Ben, with your Apple Podcasts? Not, not quite yet. I have seen it show up in a couple of podcasts, but really haven't dug much into it. Yep. And Siri has been upgraded to and 17.4. It's going to support reading messages in additional languages, just the assigned language used for Siri and all other tasks. You can make some changes in there. Come on, let's do some more than just that when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to that. I guess the Vision Pro, they're going to add a thing called ignore double tap. So when this is on, you'll be able to, the double tap gesture will be temporarily ignored while using the Vision Pro. And the welcome screen, I guess, has got a little bit of changes, battery health changes, CarPlay upgrades, which we, I've been anxiously waiting to see where that goes. And I haven't noticed anything. Oh, I haven't really used it in my car just yet because I don't, as I always, I don't put it on my production iPhone. Mm-hmm. So lots of other things we've talked about uh, that is going to be coming here soon so i'll get some improvements and, and of course security updates and bug fixes and all that fun stuff so so looks like uh we've got another good beta and, and it's gone and then we're going to be able to go ahead and and look at look at that update here so moving on to the first top other next topic here is iphone battery life it's always been the topic everybody talks about and apple just recently has been talking about optimized battery charging and I've got some um, some links to some of the support articles I've been talking about it with the uh, with this version. They they actually changed added this since iOS 13 and later. Your phone will now start learn has been learning how to your daily charging habits to improve the lifespan of your battery. And we and we didn't know the thing the whole thing is with the chemical related to its chemical age, not the just the length of how long the battery was assembled and the way it adjusts all kinds of variables when it comes to that. I've, Apple, especially in the iPhone 15, has has uh, gives you the ability to actually choose from optimized battery charging to, at the 80% limit and to none. So you can go into that those settings and make those changes. And you know, I was kind of concerned about that. I don't. Did you and you guys have have you set that to 80%? I, I mean, the, the the optimized limit. I don't know if the older iPhones have that option. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I have uh, 15. Yeah, I have it set on my 12 Pro and on my Apple Watch 8. And for the most part, it just does its thing transparently. Never notice it, except occasionally mm. it will fail to properly charge my watch because it's waiting to do the optimized thing. And so I'll uh, I'll get up in the morning, go to put my watch on, and it's at like a 25% charge. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's close. <laughs> yeah, because it had gone the whole day and all night without charging. Ah, okay, okay. Then you have it set as well. Do you are you using it, utilizing? Oh, that? oh yeah, yeah. So it's it's important. The uh, other other link I have in the show notes here is an actual support article about understanding the performance in relation to your battery and how to maximize your performance and all that stuff. So, you know, Apple's got to put this all these disclaimers in for battery health. Because it's always been the contention of complaints from many people that the battery life has never been that great. And what Apple really did was uh, that this was just new uh, this week as they actually increased uh, the iPhone 15's advertised battery lifespan. And what Apple did announce this week is that uh, it's relisted the batteries in all the iPhone 15 models and determined that they're able to meet a higher bar. 
this in a support document that was up updated this week uh that says the batteries in the iPhone 15, 15 plus, 15 pro, pro max are designed to retain 80% of their original capacity at a thousand complete charge cycles under ideal conditions compared to the 500 charge cycles. And it advertises for the older iPhone models. And they actually, uh, this is a Mac rumors article. They talked to Mac rumors and, and, and it's latest testing. And it says the iPhone 15 models involve charging of discharging of uh, the battery a thousand times under specific conditions, but it did not provide any exact details. Go figure that. And the relation to this means that it could take longer for the maximum battery capacity of the 15 models to decline to 80% compared to previous models. However, Apple says it's investigating quote unquote that battery lifespans of older iPhone models. So a comparison based on the latest testing parameters remains to be seen. So you always got to question what, how, what Apple's going to do when it comes to battery life. What do you think, Jeff, on this with, uh, with batteries? I, it, it's, it's like a, it's an art form. You just have to figure out what's the best, the best methods of how you charge your iPhone and how you use it. Everybody's different. I, I like that you called it an art form because it is. Yeah. No one's running a stock iPhone. No. And the only way to do that is to run it in a lab. And and that's not happening. So, you know, Apple, I think, is doing a good job of taking what amounts to a supercomputer that you carry in your pocket and making it run for a long time. And sure, there are other phones that have that that will let you use the phone longer between charges. But in most cases, they're doing that by putting a bigger, physically bigger battery into a phone case. Yep. So yeah. if, if the only reason you, you don't want an iPhone is because you don't like the battery life, we'll get ready to be disappointed everywhere because you're probably not going to like the battery life on any phone you use in real world conditions. No, no, that's for sure. What, what about you, Ben? I'm very much in favor of this. As of, you know, as of the last couple of years, it's been pretty obvious that iPhone lifespans have increased considerably over their predecessors. Yep. The two-year cycle is long gone, and a three-year cycle is probably ideal at this point. So if we're looking at a device that can now last four, maybe five years, that's going to save some people from going and spending a hundred bucks at an Apple store. Mm -hmm. Sure. Hey, Ben, I have a question for you because you and I, I think we have the same phone. (laughs) (laughs) I have the 12 pro max. Okay. I have the 12 pro and I just checked. I'm still on my original battery and Maximum capacity is 84% now. Yeah, but mine's it's been still on actually... service for a couple of months now. Okay, and it's probably luck of the draw that that you hit that before I did. But still, here we are on the iPhone 15. You and I have a 12 Pro or something from the 12 Pro line, and we're still on the original battery. Yeah. Try and do that with other phones. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. I'm I'm curious because I have this 10R, which is you know a pretty old old phone. I haven't looked at the battery life as late here. What what minus what this one's set at, but yeah, you know, it's it's definitely 
interesting how how batteries actually hold on, hold hold their hold off and see how they work because it's you know you just don't know uh, what what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just taking a look here to see what the battery health here is on on this X10R here. And I, yeah, I think it's close to about close to eighty percent here. So definitely interesting to see uh, how how these older phones are going to actually. Uh, work through the, the battery life. But like I said, it's take a look at some of these articles. It really, will, it'll help you along those of us listening here that uh, will give you some, some tips on how to manage your, your battery life, because it, it tells you, I mean, Apple's done such a great job of putting the charts in there and telling you what app, what apps are really eating, eating up uh, battery life. You know, if you use Facebook a lot. That's probably one of the most uh, notorious apps that sucks up battery life and, and we all get addicted to that. And I believe TikTok probably does that too. Because uh family member who spends lots of time on TikTok and always complains about the phone, her battery her battery not uh lasting very long. I'm not making mention any names here. But it's <laughs> it, it, but I think I think TikTok is is another another notorious app of eating up battery life because you just get consumed with all the content that's on there. So I don't think there's any other apps. I think the mail app probably tends to, to do a little bit on the battery on, on the iPhone. Are there any apps you guys think of uh, that might that might be hitting it harder than it should? If you're doing audio or video editing on your iPhone, oh yeah. Yep. That that'll take a hit right there. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah, oh, YouTube's yep. another app. YouTube. Yeah, yep. You can yep. spend hours on there too. <laughs> and any, any any streaming service too. I mean, honestly. And uh people need to keep in mind. It's not just the apps, it's the environment. So if you're in an area where cell yeah. service is spotty, your battery is going to drain faster because your phone's oh. working more to try and that's find right. a, a signal. Yep, that's right. So so take a look at those tips. I think those there's some good good things in there to, to really talk about uh, to really talk about when it comes to to this stuff. So the uh, other thing I found a little interesting here, and, and wanted to, more, it was more along a tip, but it was a good topic this week, is do we really know how much free space is on your iCloud drive? You always tend to wonder what the, what, what it is there. I, I don't tend to have to worry about it because I have a family plan that has two terabytes, although I'm starting to look at the, the the numbers starting to increase in my family here. I think we're well over a, a, a one terabyte, at least close to one and a half. So soon enough, people's photos as they keep adding more and more it's going to start accumulating but it's good to really know how to find out what's taking up all that space so the way you go to do that is you go under settings and then go to iCloud and then you manage your storage and you'll see a chart at the top and it'll show the the most the the, the highest breakdown i can guarantee the top two things are going to be is iCloud photos and iMessage messages because everybody saves all their messages and everybody saves all their videos and photos and everything that's been sent into the I into into messages and those tend to really suck up space. I think I saw someone's phone. Someone had something I think something like three or four terabytes or not terabytes, gigabytes of uh, of uh, of data that was sucking up space just on iMessages alone. Okay. So the other thing too is if you see if you if you're doing backups, that's the other thing. If you uh, if you see multiple backups, maybe you you've replaced your iPhone recently or your iPad for that matter. Delete it. Get rid of it. Doesn't need to be there because that just takes up your cloud iCloud space too. Because not everybody is on the on the high plan like I am. You might be on the fifty gig plan or you might be on the two hundred gig plan, and it and it eats it up pretty quick. Anybody that's on the five gig plan, shame on you. 
<laughs> you should be, be on at the very least 50 gigs. It'll give you at least enough comfort level that you got your thing backed up. Every time I think all of us here get people complaining about, I don't have any iCloud space. I don't have things being backed up on this. You want to go through the whole hassle of having to plug it into your computer and back it up in uh, through the, through the finder on, on your Mac or God forbid windows <laughs> backing it up that way. <laughs> Or even using, like we've talked, we've always talked about iMazing is another, another way you could do it. If you really want to, if you're really not techie enough that you want to get into that regiment, sure, go for it. Because iMess, iMazing is an amazing Mm -hmm. product that'll give you another redundant way of backing up your iPhone and and iPad for that matter. So take, take a look at that. And as I said, I mentioned with iMessage, get rid of, you could go in the iMessage. There's, it'll, it'll allow you to filter it down to what media is in there. Maybe you don't need those videos anymore because a lot of times that things are sent in iMessage are probably silly stuff that are you sending to friends stuff to, do I really need a gigabyte of a video that I don't need to really see anymore? <laughs> I just looked at, at my iMessage storage, mm-hmm. 36 gig. <laughs> what, the <hell? laughs> what the hell? I haven't even looked at mine lately. <laughs> it, man, I only have a paltry eight gigabytes. Well, that, that's you're a, doing that's it wrong, a world record. Ben. That's a world record, I think. <laughs> Seriously, my my backups are are seventy gig, but that's that's a backup for each device, no extra backups. So that that one's actually good. But holy crap! Okay, to be fair, it's thirty five point nine gig, not well, so close enough. So it's not thirty six, but <laughs> still. We'll, we'll okay. send you some text, I, I, Jeff, so we can so so we can go over. Right. Well, I, I can, I'll I'm I'm close to you. I got nine point eight gigabytes. <laughs> I got a lot. And so I'm looking at my conversations. And good news, Dave. You are not a a big offender because our conversations <laughs> only six hundred and fifty eight point eight meg. No, oh, well, that's good. But then there's Brian Chaffin with 1.45 gigabytes. <laughs> yeah. And what, what what is it, like five gigabytes for Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, we love you, Kelly. <laughs> I, I don't want to incriminate Kelly in any way, so I just won't say how, how, how big that conversation is. Uh, it, oh we love you, Kelly. We, we love you, Kelly. So yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to see how, how, how the, uh, the backups go through there. A couple things you could consider if you wanted to, if you, if iCloud Live Photo Library isn't important to you, some people may not want to back it up. You could turn it off if you didn't want to and save some space. I wouldn't recommend it. Check if you're also automatically backing up your Mac documents and desktop. Maybe there's some things there you don't really want to be backing up. I mean, it might be just, you know, temporary storage, but all three of us here have redundant backups where we use, whether we're using Backblaze, we're using Time Machine on the Mac or, or any carbon copy cloner I use as well. So, so far you've got you've three of the, of the systems I'm using simultaneously. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, you should be, you should be using all three. If you're not backed up in multiple vectors, you're not backed up. Yeah, no, exactly. So I even uh, use Chronosync. I have another, another, Method of backing is good. Yeah, got that running as well, running up another backup. And 
I also have OneDrive. I also have Dropbox. <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. I have Google Drive. So we're, 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 as us geeks are here, we, we're always very redundant when it comes to backing things up. So, but a lot of people aren't like that. So you don't, don't tend to expect that you're going to, uh, be doing that, but, uh, it's entirely up to you. Even just pick one cloud service to back up to, I think is more than sufficient. And, you know, the ones I just mentioned are, are, are really good as an alternative. Fortunately, when you are using iCloud Drive, a lot of the automatic backups to those other services tend to not work or you can't do it because iCloud takes it over when it, the, the backups there. Uh, like OneDrive, for instance, if I wanted to run that backup, it says, no, you got to turn off iCloud in order for us to, or for Microsoft OneDrive to, to do what iCloud does automatically. But you know what I do is that's what I'm using Chronosync for. I'm just having it uh, back up, back up that way, just copy it up, up into a, uh, uh, up to uh, OneDrive that way. So there's ways around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bottom line here is make sure you're backing up your devices, please. I don't want, I don't like hearing those stories that people can't, that they lose all their photos and that, that's just not a good thing. You just, and and, then, and the, the whole reason of us being redundant too, like we talked about in past shows where it's a security, if someone gets a hold of your iPhone and you, you lose your access to your iCloud drive, you know, that, that, that there's your redundancy right there. Make sure you have it in other places. So good stuff. And, and, and I think it's a good, good thing as well. So when it comes to that, another thing I thought was interesting uh, this week, Apple did announce this groundbreaking new security protocol for iMessage. Uh, they announced it actually uh, yesterday as we record uh, a new post quantum quantum cryptographic protocol for iMessage called PQ3. Apple says this groundbreaking and state of the art pro- protocol provides extensive defenses against even the highly sophisticated quantum attacks. Uh, Apple believes that the, the PQ3 protocol's protections surpass those of other widely deployed message apps, according to, to their blog post. I'll just read this a little bit here. And it says, uh, today we are announcing the most significant crypto- cryptographic security upgrade in iMessage history with the introduction of the PQ3, as we, as we just talked about here, giving, and, and it's highly sophisticated for quantum attacks. And, and it's the first messaging protocol that will to reach to what, they call level three security providing protocol protections that surpass those of in all other widely deployed messaging apps to their, to their knowledge. They say PQ three is the strongest security product properties of any at scale messaging protocols in the world. Of course, got to wonder a little bit of marketing uh, jargon in, in some of that, but this is great news. I think this is something that always has been a concern that's th- that it, the protocol hasn't been secure. The SMS in itself has been not secure. There's all sending messages all times, especially you're getting codes to get into your banking and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think, Jeff? I think this is great. And okay. The number of people out there that say that they, you know, they don't trust Apple because they know they're reading all their messages. Okay, this isn't another example of Apple showing those people that they're actually wrong. And Apple has gone to great lengths to give us secure messaging. And now they're proactively giving us security for our messaging that goes beyond what current technologies can can break. And they're anticipating that as new quantum-based systems come to market that those won't be able to break through this either and uh, and they also are using this where it's actually rotating the keys 
So even if if one part of your message chain is uh, is cracked, it doesn't stay that way because the keys will change and then they have to start over. Yep. Makes sense. How about you, Ben? What do you think? Yeah, this is great. Uh, What this means is your messages will continue to be encrypted for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, this this is great news and just another thing that Apple does to keep us protected. And I, uh, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, you just I tend to don't not to add hear- to that. Oh yeah, go ahead, please. So you know, over the last several years, there have been instances where government entities have pressured to get Apple to introduce backdoors through security. This is a measure that Apple can take or is taking that that completely shuts that down. There's no way to include a backdoor in a system like this. Yep. So Apple is uh, positioning themselves to be able to tell any government, sorry, can't help. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that's true. Yeah. It, it's especially with certain laws in the, uh, that have been passed, like the one on the UK. Yep. So feel safer that your, 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 your messages are secure. That's something what we can say to that. Speaking of secure, welcome everybody in the chat this week at youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. Brian F's in the chat, as well as uh, Brett. And great to see all you guys in the chat. That's always what we're recording live here at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursday nights. So make sure if you're not here live to come check us out another time. But meanwhile, we've got some great people giving us some conversations in the chat. So keep uh, keep giving us uh, some of the great feedback that you're giving us. So. Let's uh, go ahead and move on to the, the, one of the big stories of this week was this massive AT&T outage that was today as we record this. Woke up this morning and fo- found out that, the, oh, I guess AT&T has got an outage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And nobody can make phone calls and nobody can do anything. In fact, the SOS was coming up on their on their, on their their iPhone realizing that they don't even have service anymore unless they get onto Wi-Fi. But of course, Wi-Fi, you got to have a service for Wi-Fi, right? Mm-hmm. And all day long, AT&T was playing it down. I mean, there's the numbers on, on the, on the, uh, uh, what is that? The name of that down, down, down site down detector, down detector. That's it. And they're saying maybe 70,000. I said, there's no way it's gotta be more than that. So I found this article here on cord cutters news, uh, the, the, showing the map here of how bad it really was from, from the time progress here. And it, it, it said right around, uh, what was it around 4 AM Eastern time? It was showing pretty much the entire U S was down and it just kept, kept progressing across the rest of the day. looks like the West coast was making a bit of a comeback, uh, around 8 AM Eastern time. And, but it kept going until it finally, out, the, finally the outage, uh, 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 went away after by mid mid afternoon. So, but it, it would, you know, it, it didn't affect anybody as far as like, if you had your internet, like your AT&T fiber, or even for businesses who have their, you know, their, their backup fiber lines that are going into their building. So I was at work, no problem. So mm-hmm. our, our lines were solid so that it did not affect that. So it was just cellular service. So interesting to see this map also shows T-Mobile and Verizon. It's all green. <laughs> so <laughs> there, but, there were reports of people on T-Mobile and Verizon saying, Hey, think yeah. my service isn't working. 
But the speculation is that those people were trying to call someone that had an AT&T phone number. Exactly. And that's why it wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. So they did say it got restored right around 3 p.m. Eastern time today as we record. And it's been fully restored this time because, of course, they didn't really give us a reason why it happened yet. And I don't know when when AT&T is going to tell us that. But other interesting side note in the article here is it says aside to note that Wyoming seemed only didn't have any have as many problems as based on the uh, the data that was showed here. So the, if you look on the map, Wyoming is in green. The rest of the country, okay, not, so, it looks like yeah. New Mexico is orange, but Wyoming is very rural too. So yes, Wyoming's total population, yeah. I think, is the equivalent of of Denver's population. Yeah, and yes, yeah, so. It's most likely that the AT&T users in Wyoming, there's just not enough of them for it to have triggered the, the, hey, we're out of service. Yeah. I mean, as far as the cause goes, there's no, there's nothing so far to say that is malicious, but just in case the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, and the FCC are all looking into this very thoroughly. As well, they should. Um, and, and I'm not saying that there's there's malicious intent anywhere, but when you have an outage of this size for a nationwide communication system, then everyone needs to take a look at it and uh, and figure out where the failure happened and why. Yeah. Yeah. And to the point where, I mean, with something like this, that takes down one of the major cell phone carriers in in a world where cell phones are the predominant communications platform. You you have to be absolutely sure this wasn't a state or independent actor in a denial of service attack. So far, so far they have said it was not any type of tough cyber attack, but who knows? They still got to keep investigating. But AT and T, they're going to find a, a missing semicolon on a line of code. Yeah, most likely. That's where yeah. my money is. Yeah. One semicolon took down the but, entire country. I think I think the the bigger concern in my opinion is is the fact that you know AT&T is one of the biggest networks in the United States and not the world. Well, it's, something it, like this it's happen, the largest in the United States. Not yeah, one of yeah, them. it is. It's the biggest. Right. Bigger than yeah, it's number 1 versus versus Verizon and T-Mobile. So but yeah, the what what's to say this couldn't couldn't somebody couldn't get into their network and cause this to be a, a cyber attack type of thing? It, it, so many people were just down today, and it, it was very frustrating. And plus, that's some people. It's that's the only means of communication is having that service. They mm-hmm. don't pay for landline mm-hmm. phones anymore. Don't may not even have Wi Fi. So yeah, so it's it scares me <laughs> honestly. Yeah, uh, but uh, just the down detector is a good place to go. Make sure I put the link in the show notes for that. That's that's a good uh, source of uh, of information when anything's down, for that matter. So, um, mm-hmm. so it's uh, definitely something that you want to be uh, be checking to make sure that uh, you don't have any big uh, big outages that you're dealing with here. So, so with that, let's get to some of the. New- oh, you know what? I, I completely skipped over a topic that I was very important to talk about this week. <laughs> Let me go back here. <laughs> that is, Apple did introduce their very own sports app. I was like shocked to see this, and this uh, this actually, I believe, came out the. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was today or yesterday as we record. I, I got a link in the show notes here to this to, to the 
to the App Store preview here, and and Apple Apple's now has it says it says there's a new app that adds you uh, adds to their starting lineup. Apple Sports. It's going to make it fast and easy to keep up to date with your teams. So you're looking at some of their marketing, but then some people have started using it. Ben, you and I both being sports fans, I have to, have you had any time to uh, take a look at it yet? I have. Right now, and Apple admits this very much, it is still under construction. Yeah. Because right now it's available in the basically the, the three main English-speaking countries, U.S., Canada, and Great Britain. But right now it's pretty much just... European sports. Yeah. So it's kind of not ready for prime time, honestly, but I guess they had to get it released at, at some point that, yeah, that it, uh, that it was out. So, uh, but yeah, yeah I, 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 I played around a little bit. Support, so Go ahead. Uh, they did say it will support baseball by opening day. Let's hope. So I'm assuming Jeff, you have not looked at this. <laughs> I don't know why you would assume that, but surprisingly, you're correct. But I did know about the about this happening, and mm-hmm. and my reaction was okay. Well, the the app doesn't have to be the best in the world; it just needs to be good enough. But Apple wants to do better than good enough. If but if this is installed by default on on your iPhone then ultimately it doesn't matter how good all of the other sports tracking apps are. Most people will end up using this just because it's there. Yeah. And Apple does want to be your all in one, everything. They do. I will, I will say, say other sports, NHL and NBA are in right now. So though you can get all the scores and stats for those two leagues, as well as, like you said, a lot of the, a lot of the European leagues are there as well. So, but yeah, MLB is, not there yet, only because, well, actually it is there, but there's no games, but maybe they, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're even going to cover some of the spring training games because spring training starts, the first games are tomorrow. So, but it's, it's great to see that, that Apple's uh, looking at this because you know, sports is a big business and it's something hard to, to ignore because, uh, the, and there's many sports apps I've used, I use, um, I forget to you know, I always forget to which, which are the ones I use, but the, just, uh, it's, there's some, some are good or some are bad sports alerts is the one I use a lot. And that, mm-hmm. that's just simple getting scores and stuff, but all the, you know, all the sports leagues have their own apps that you use, you know, MLB and the NFL and the, the NBA and NHL all have their own apps, but wouldn't you rather have it in one place and it'd be aggregated yeah. instead of going through multiple apps? I just came up with, with harebrained hypothesis which means somewhere out there kelly just got a little zing she's like some some someone has a, a crackpot theory <laughs> what if this is apple doing real world testing on another element that will be in a home pod with a display yeah absolutely not only that but i think the sports app is eventually going to take over from the sports tab in the TV app. Oh, that that would be okay because I would really like to be able to get rid of all the sports tab stuff. No, nothing malicious. It's just I have to click through that to get to the stuff that I actually want to see. Let me customize that. Yeah, for sure. A couple uh, 
messages in the chat about this topic. Uh, Brett, both uh, Brett has said, uh, just what I need another app to tell me, uh, that the San Diego Padres are being, have lost to the Los Angeles Dodgers 14 to one in the first spring training game. <laughs> and, and Brian F says, Brett, you, the Padres and me, the Arizona Diamondbacks can use that one. And then, you know, just a, just a, you know, it's a zing for the East, the West coast here, but it's, it's, it's something I think, like you said, like we said at the beginning here, that this is definitely going to be an app. I think people are going to look at cause it's Apple and, and it's, it's something there that the people are going to have a quick way of looking at their scores and such, but work in progress. That's for sure. The, the other news story here, let's, well, actually let's move on to some news here. This was interesting. This has been all over the news this week is. Apple is declaring that if putting your wet iPhone in rice to dry is a bad move. Apple warns this. They messaged this week, uh, 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 ever since cell phone things, cell phones were a thing, we've been dropping them in water. And then while today's iPhones are resistant to splashes and dips and dunks, there's still times where it gets too wet and the dreaded liquid detection that appears on your screen. You know, for years, we've, they've been turning to a simple household staple when we need to save our iPhones by from a liquid death, a bag of rice. The method is decidedly low-tech. Just pop your iPhone into a bag of rice, seal it up, and wait a day or so. The idea was the rice would draw the water out uh, from inside the foam before it can fry any internal parts. But, However, the researchers have been claiming for years that it's all a myth and, and the rice doesn't actually dry your iPhone faster. It could slow down the process. So leaving your logic board susceptible to further damage. A new 2024 support document from Apple actually advises against using rice to dry out your iPhone and could make matters worse and doing it. So it could allow small particles of rice that could actually damage your phone. Instead, Apple suggests, and there's a couple number steps here as far as tapping your, tapping your iPhone gently against your hand, wanting the connector face down to let any ex excess liquid to come out. After 30 minutes, try charging it. Uh, if you see the alert at the end, you may wait for 24 hours, let it dry. So the myth has been demystified. So don't use rice, right? What do you think, Ben? Uh, I, I think that sounds like some pretty good advice. Also, unless you're at a very, very, very old iPhone right now, they've been water resistant for a while. Yeah, not as bad. How about you, Joe? Oh, I remember when. I remember when. Ah, you whippersnappers. Yeah, you whippersnappers. <laughs> I'm doing my guy impression. <laughs> I remember when I only had 700 microphones back in the Stone Age. No, I remember when we were all being told that rice was the thing. And yeah. it was just accepted that that was the fix. And, and then several years ago, turns out, no, that's not the fix. And <laughs> so it's good to see Apple putting out, even though they should have done it years ago, maybe, putting out a notice saying, hey, the rice thing actually doesn't help. Don't do it. Yeah. So what I'm wondering is, why why don't we have smartphone drying cases that are basically yeah. just, just silica packs that your phone mm -hmm. sits in? Because those things will yeah. suck the moisture out of yeah. basically anything. Always have those things in your Literally. bag, the new bags you buy with those silica packs. Right. The, the, one, the ones that, that they keep telling me not to eat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do not eat. <laughs> so, okay. Don't use rice with your iPhone. Just keep it dry. Next story here. Microsoft 
has shied away from bringing the Xbox titles to the to the iOS platform. It cites monetization concerns. Uh, while Microsoft is working on bringing several of its titles to other platforms, iOS may not be the focus in the near future. They were interviewed uh, by The Verge, Microsoft gaming head uh, Phil Spencer note, uh, noted that the company is expanding beyond its Xbox gaming console and Windows by and Windows by releasing video games on the Nintendo Switch and Sony PS5, but cites monetization monetization concerns of bringing uh, Xbox to the platform. I am not kind of I'm not really surprised this is going to happen. I think. And Microsoft's always been pretty resistant to putting any Xbox games, but it looks like they're they're not doing so well with the gaming platform either. Ben, what do you think? You're you're the gamer. What 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 are your thoughts on this? Honestly, <sighs> this hasn't been <laughs> Ben, you said so much with that. <sighs> yeah. Apple's hardware and OS teams have done so much to make the Mac a better gaming platform and the app store and developer relation teams are messing that all up yeah i mean my microsoft valve even epic they're the kind of app stores that apple should be working with because they have credibility they know they're getting a, a good platform but They'd rather get 30% of nothing than strike a deal and make a whole lot of money. Yeah. How about you, Ben? Jeff? I think that, right, well, Ben is right, of course. <laughs> but I think that Microsoft not wanting to, to, to bring Xbox titles to iOS right now is... is Something they're doing because they're thinking that they might be able to get the revenue boost that they want without having to turn to Apple. However, I have a feeling that ultimately they will backtrack on the, yeah, we're not going to bring Xbox to iOS because the single largest mobile gaming platform is the iPhone. This is true. It's true. Let's uh, go ahead and move on. The first ever iOS Trojan has been discovered and it's stealing facial recognition data to break into bank accounts. Hmm. One of the reasons that many people pick one of the best iPhones over the, the Android counterparts is due to security. But however, this could be changing as the first ever banking tro Trojan designed to target iPhone users have been spotted in the wild. So according to a, a new report here, the Android Trojan Gold Digger has been now modified with new capabilities and makes it easier for this malware to Drain victims' bank accounts. First discovered last October of 2023, the Trojan's new variant has been dubbed Gold Pickaxe, with versions specifically designed for both Android and iOS devices. And it's it says once installed on either iPhone or Android device, that the Gold Pickaxe can collect facial recognition data, identify documents, intercept text messages. So, is this really something that it's happening? You know, I I picked this article. This was in Tom's Guide. But because I haven't had a, seen a lot of press on it, but you know, we know what you have to do to keep your your phone for, for safe from malware, specifically using apps that are from Test Flight that you don't trust. Those are what Test Flight is is uh, the platform for developers to allow you to be able to try their app before they release it out to the public. So, what do you think about mm -hmm. this, Jeff? Okay, so keep in mind 
when you read a story like this from Tom's Guide, while Tom's Guide does have a lot of really good content, they're very openly anti-Apple. So, so when they have an opportunity to write an article that uh, that puts Apple in a bad light, then they jump on it. Yep. And while this is a serious issue, it's a serious issue that almost no one will encounter right now because, as you mentioned, this involves using test flight. So okay. you you are in essence having to sideload apps onto the phone and. And the people that are actually going to be doing this, that's a pretty small percentage of people. And and right now, this is targeting it's what like like Singapore or something. Yeah. It's I, I can't remember what country the, this is actually being actively exploited in, but it's it's a it, it is a very small number of iPhone users that are potentially impacted by this. That said, the fact that it works at all is kind of concerning. And and I'm betting that Apple has people that that are working overtime to try and and figure out a way around this. And as as I'm t- saying this, I, I'm I have been holding back, but I can't hold back the part where holy crap, That's this okay. is this is really impressive what what they're doing and the technology that they're using to uh, to generate basically deep fakes of people's faces. It's, right. I mean, that's pretty fracking impressive. Yeah. How about you, Ben? Yeah, this is definitely something that Apple needs to button up relatively quickly. I do have to have hand it to the scumbags. Using parts of the OS that are required for beta testing and deployment in businesses, that's deviously intelligent. But this is this is one of those things where people trying to use their talents for for ill-gotten gains instead of to m- help make software better, it's just going to make things harder for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. So be be careful out there. That's all we got to say. Don't uh, don't use test flight to be, uh, if you're not a devel- if you don't like doing developer testing. Just be aware of that because it, yeah. it could bite you. Next story: Amazon, Amazon Prime Video has dropped Dolby Vision and Atmos unless you pay extra. And, and Amazon has confirmed this is not a mistake. Your Prime Video subscription no longer includes Dolby Vision HDR or Dolby Atmos for surround sound that that on top of the ads that it's injected into the service January 29th this earlier this year now you have to pay an additional 2.99 a month to remove those ads and then you can get Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos back as well this is this was a, this was confirmed by an Amazon spokesperson and that it's a it, it is a deliberate move and the capabilities are only for the ad free option and re- on relevant titles so while price hikes are no longer or remotely unusual in the streaming video space, where Netflix now charges twenty two ninety nine a month for four, its four K tier, it's a bit harder to compare Amazon's prices to Netflix. So, interesting what Amazon's been doing. I know Jeff and you and I have been talking about this when that gosh darn two ninety nine thing came up, and now we have to watch ads on Prime. What do you think of this? 
I'm paying the extra $2.99 already because <laughs> it, it was horrible. I, I spent 15 minutes after they started this mm-hmm. where it was like, maybe I can, maybe I can put up with this. No, 15 minutes. I'm on my iPhone, $2.99, done. And and swearing the whole time. <laughs> the, this is yeah. such a bad move on Amazon's part. Really and is. my big question is, has the class action lawsuit started yet? And, and I, I say that actually not in jest, because I expect yeah. that there will be a class action lawsuit that that argues that Amazon offered a service, they advertised a service at this price, and these are the features that it has. And then they they changed that and said, actually, that's not what it has. It doesn't have as much as we promised you for the price you're paying. If you want to have what we promised you at the price you're paying, well, now you actually have to pay more instead. And and I I expect that uh, this one will probably end up in court unless Amazon chooses to roll it back, change the whole structure, and and then say we're doing a price hike of three dollars, and and we will offer a discount version, which will be yeah. it'll be the exact same thing, but it will be framed differently. And, uh, and it'll still piss people off and, and, but it'll work legally. I think right now that they, I'm no attorney, but I've played one on stage. So (laughs) my, my legal opinion is that Amazon went about this in a completely horrible way for customers and from a legal standpoint. Yep. How about you, Ben? Honestly. They're just taking a play out of Netflix's book. They've done this before. Yeah, but the but Netflix did it the other way, where they raised rates when when your contract was due, and and so to continue to have the service you you had when you renewed, that was a new tier. So they weren't taking features away technically, but. Yeah, I mean, yes, of course, they're following Netflix's lead and and all the other services that have jacked prices and and uh, taken away features from or not included features and lower price points. Honestly, I think it really depends on how everything's worded in the end user license agreement. And it probably says in the end user license agreement that they can they can choose to change features change without notice mm-hmm. and no notice all that stuff. but that won't stop this from going to court oh it shouldn't uh, yeah it won't stop it from going to court but i don't think any class action lawsuit will have much of a chance it's possible yeah, we'll see yeah. I, I yeah i i honestly don't know but my my guess is that is that at some point they will they would encounter a judge that says just because you, you're saying we can do a bait and switch on you doesn't mean we can really do a bait and switch on you. Yep. All right. Next story. There was a, a duo here that was found guilty of trying to defraud Apple of more than $3 million. These two individuals hacked a scheme that involves submitting fake iPhones to Apple for repair in an attempt to get them replaced with real ones. And, and now they could be jailed for up to 20 years for doing so. I'm not going to mention their names. They're, they're residents of Germantown, Maryland. 
They were found guilty by a federal grand jury on Tuesday of this week uh, as we record for attempted to default to fraud Apple of millions of dollars worth of iPhones. They were also convicted of conspiracy conspiracy to commit mail fraud and mail fraud, which is a serious offense. Can, can, as, as I mentioned, carry a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. This was a press release from the DC US, U.S. Attorney's Office. Between May 2020, 2017 and September of 2019, they, it was found that these the coast conspirators and these, these morons, I'll be able to really say attempted to obtain genuine iPhones and from Apple and then submitting the counterfeit devices through Apple's repair program. They were, these devices were received from Hong Kong and mailed to UPS mailboxes in the Washington DC metropolitan area. They then submitted the fake iPhones with spoofed serial and an IMEI numbers, both Apple retail and Apple authorized service providers and evidence showed that they submitted more than 5,000 inauthentic iPhones that have caused a loss of more than $3 million to Apple. And they were arrested in 2019. It took this long to finally get them convicted here. So, and then, uh, and then they're going to get their sentence in June of 2024 here. And then recently as security researchers was thanked by Apple and OS patch notes, just days after being indicted in, in a scheme that would allow them to steal millions of dollars worth of Apple products gift cards and services. So they're keeping an eye on this stuff and mm-hmm. people don't be thieves. What do you think, Jeff? Oh yeah. Don't be thieves. They're... If you have the, the mental capacity to come up with, with a system as clever as this, even though it was flawed, mm-hmm. you should be putting your efforts to make a better world not rip off people and companies. Yep. What you been? Criminals. If you try to defraud anything through the mail, the postal service will find you. They will. Yeah. Don't do it. The, ma- the mail cops do not mess around. No, they have no sense of humor at all. No. Nope. This this week was the early the return time for the vision pro so far the return rate for the apple vision pro was pretty low uh, as polarizing of a product that there is obviously some returns of apple vision pro headsets so far the narrative has been they being the being returned in droves to or apple retail appears false where opinions of the product are wide ranging and are and they are on apple vision pro you got to expect some disappointments from some with uh the disappointments come returns. And that was very pretty generous of Apple, honestly, 14 days for something of $3,500. And they were seeing a lot of people were saying things like it was just, just it's, it's giving them headaches. It wasn't feeling real well. It's really heavy. And all those other uh, reasonings on that, but maybe a buyer's remorse because it's so much money. And some, some head might have an immediate uh, biological incompatibility with the headset. So <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's a, uh, definitely interesting to see where it goes again we've talked about this it's it's a version 1.0 product i mean you, if if you got thirty five hundred dollars to burn or i should say four thousand after all it's said and done mm-hmm. uh then then yeah you know kudos to you but i'm not ready to buy it i want i got a demo it i know you did jeff so what do you think of this of course there's going to be returns right Th- this was a a completely new product category and and my guess is that that at least some of the people that ch- that are choosing to return their vision pros have never worn a VR headset so they had no basis for comparison 
and having any weight on their head at all, they were probably thinking, oh, wow, this is not what I expected. It weighs more than I thought. And and they were out. And yeah. that's okay. Um, yeah. But the whole thing with these are being returned in droves, I haven't seen any evidence to back that up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't seem like it. There wasn't a lot of press on this. This just, I just thought it was interesting to, to even, even mention this. What do you think, Ben? I mean, there's going to definitely be biological incompatibilities. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, with myself, I have to have certain accessibility features on not to trigger my, my motion sickness on my iPhone. And I mean, this is a, like, like Jeff said, it's a brand new product category. It's something we are not used to, and it is as close to a public beta as Apple will give for mm-hmm. a device. This is probably not going to be mainstream for another couple of years. So some returns, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be happening. But I have to say, from what I've heard, they're probably lower than I would expect. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. A couple more stories before we wrap up here. This was interesting. Apple's now launched a monthly replay experience. They were doing this yearly. This is a monthly version for Apple Music, the replay, allowing uh, subscribers to actually see statistics about their listening habits on a more regular basis. The new Apple Music replay variant offers more granular version of the full annual uh, version that they were offering at the end of the year, which takes a rep- retrospective look back at the, the user's entire year of consumption. This monthly uh, version will feature and show the total number of listening minutes and the, for the previous month, the top artists and songs and albums, as well as monthly uh, milestones. I don't know if I should admit this or not, but my wife shares Apple Music with me and every single song was Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, that's okay. Good, uh, good for you. At, at least are just you have... going to hate, 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 hate. at at least you have something that in in your stats where you can say oh yeah yeah, i know what this is i knew right away as soon as i saw i mean every single song on the list is taylor swift that's awesome (laughs) yeah for me the stats are worthless because because when i'm working during the day i'm streaming from apple music but i'm streaming music that's just coming from their curated playlist. Oh my God, it's true. <laughs> and it's, I have it it's, on camera here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the stuff that I'm listening to, it's like, like ambient music, sometimes like, 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 I don't know, casual electronic stuff where I don't actually have to focus on it. It's just sound. So my stats all year long, when I look at them, I'm like, I have no idea what any of this is. I don't know these artists. I couldn't identify any of these songs, and yeah. uh, and but apparently I've listened to this one forty times. So yeah. I, I would take a list of of Taylor Swift <laughs> over that any day. Before I get to you, Ben, I have to go to the chat here. That's uh, Brett made some comments here in uh, in our YouTube chat here. I'm not there often enough to notice the difference between. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. I'm looking forward to all the zeros I'll, I'll have on my summaries since Apple Music never works for me. <laughs> and then Brett just said, just shake it off, Dave. 
<laughs> I, I see what you did there. Yeah. Good, nice one, Brett. What do you think, Ben? <laughs> Apple. I know I'm listening to a bunch of rat. You know, we're sitting here bagging on this, no, but I, at the it, same time, like this it. is smart. Or Okay, we're making fun of it, but this is smart. Apple needs to be doing everything they can to compete directly with Spotify and mm-hmm. do everything that Spotify does, but do it better. Yeah. Yep. Plus, this probably helps the artists with, with analytics on their end. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So three more stories here. Just want to get through here. MLS season passes returns and, and it's going to have multi-view as well as more messy. That's so, and so many games at once. And it's now on the iPad too. As, as fans of major league soccer, no doubt are aware that the Wednesday this week marked the kickoff of the new season. And that's uh, the second season with Apple's as Apple being their media partner. The biggest new feature of, the, of it is undoubtedly the, Addition to Lionel Messi is from Inter Miami, as well as new features Apple added. But uh, the multi-view is going to be something interesting to see. I'm not a big MLS fan, and it was nice to get a free uh, subscription last year from T-Mobile. Apparently, T-Mobile not giving is, has not partnered this year with them, so mm-hmm. I guess I won't be watching. Apparently, it. T-Mobile decided to invest their money in keeping their network up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so Messi, based on what you're saying, I gather that's a person. It is a, is is one of the. World's renowned soccer players or football, yeah. if you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the he is like the association football's LeBron. He doesn't know what LeBron is either. <laughs> like so, someone that that everyone in sports is like, oh my god, that guy, right? He, he's a basketball player, LeBron James. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was going to um, guess so, football. Yeah, American yeah, the, football. The, go ahead, Ben. What do you think? The, the, yeah, the the second greatest basketball player of all time after jordan yeah there you go i but, know I that mean, name Michael he had the jordan. tennis shoes but i basketball, mean honestly basketball shoes <laughs> yeah the the funny thing here <laughs> i think this is going to help the mls but i think it's going to help them more outside the united states yeah i think so so it's interesting we'll, we'll definitely say that What's also interesting is the top sell, seven best-selling smartphones last year in 2023 were all iPhones. Apple iPhone models were dominating the top 10 of selling of smartphones in 2023, with only Samsung's mid-range device making the list, according to CounterPoint Research's uh, monthly handset model sales tracker. Top The top 10 were the iPhone 14, the 14 Pro Max, the 14 Pro, the 13, uh, the 15 Pro Max, 15 Pro, 15, and then you got uh, three Galaxy models that are so old and so like low end only because they're cheap. And this is a first for for, for Apple. And iPhone uh, 14 models has made up the, the top three. So obviously people were buying them because they're a little less expensive. Nice to see. I, I think Apple with iPhones is starting to become a little more dominant outside of the United States with looking at something like this. What do you think, Jeff? I find this absolutely fascinating. And I want to know the method for deriving these numbers. Yeah. Because it's not coming from Apple. No, definitely not. (laughs) But, oh, it's CounterPoint. I should have looked at that. Okay. So so CounterPoint is is using a mixture of uh, customer surveys and, and activity tracking to come up with their numbers. 
So, all right. At least now, now I know the black box system for that. But I, f- yeah. I find this absolutely interesting that that of the top 10 globally, it's iPhones. I would have expected that in the US, but not globally. Yeah. No, this is yep. globally. And it it also does say counterparts research backs up previous data from market research from IDC, which showed Apple overtaking Samsung as the top global smartphone manufacturer in 2023, shipping more f- phones annually than Samsung did for the first time. So 2023 was a very good year for the iPhone, apparently, if you believe all this. What do you think, Ben? I'm. This is probably going to be a very US-centric view on this. I'm surprised the only Samsung phones on here are the A series. They're low end. The S series, which is the iPhone's greatest rival worldwide, are absolutely nowhere to be found. Yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. So good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, lastly, I wanted to talk about this. This just actually came out today as we record this or yesterday. Uh, The top. It was, it was about the, the FDA and the blood glucose statement that the FDA said that this was, uh, that actually it was today. So record there, the FDA's blood glucose measurement statement yesterday seemed on the face of it to be bad news for anyone hoping to see the future in a future Apple watch. Basically their statement was saying that, uh, do not use smartwatches or smart rings to measure blood glucose levels, simple safety communication. The, the, that was pretty blunt and to, to the point. And it also says, do not buy smartwatches or smart rings that claim to measure blood glucose glucose levels. But it relates to current devices, not future ones, because none of these devices really have any ways of measuring your blood glucose level accurately without having to be intrusive into into your skin to to actually pull off the pull out the the uh, the blood. I mean, I use uh, a, a Dexacom G7, which is a small little disc that goes onto your arm. And the app that goes with it, and it works wonderfully. I, I built a bike. I'm able to walk, monitor my blood glucose, glucose levels, and many other people do. And it's getting better. It was, it was, it was. It had its growing pains. They've had previous versions of that. So, so you at least have something now that you can have kind of continuous measurements. That's not as intrusive as some like having to carry around a pet pad, a, a little pad with pack with it with you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I can't wait to see if what, what Apple comes up with with the Apple Watch because. Um, I mean, there's, there, there is technology out there that could measure it without having to be as intrusive as, I mean, it's a little needle that goes in, but it stays on for 10 full days until you have to change it out uh, with the, the, the G7. But uh, yeah, I thought, I, I think this was fascinating to see that if, if Apple comes up to it, I've been waiting for years to see if they would come up with this and, you know, the FDA, I don't blame the FDA. You got, you know, you, you got to protect the the public and, and yeah, don't, don't rely on that if, if you can't even do it. But the problem is, None of these devices do it, so I don't know where they're coming from. But what do you think, Jeff? Well, there there are products out there that are claiming to be able to do non-intrusive or non-invasive blood glucose level monitoring, and and I'm sure that there are pharmaceutical companies, uh, medical device companies that that have developed technologies that they have presented to the Food and Drug Administration, yeah. but. Yeah, the technology isn't there yet. So what what I see happening, and which is that there's there's no risk in in making this this guess, which is that 
these yeah. companies will continue to work on these products and and find new ways to improve the accuracy. And in in the meantime, if Apple decides whatever they're doing is is good enough to be able to to offer value to users, then it can get rolled into the watch or something else. But the the approach Apple will take is this is not actually monitoring for you. This is going to give you an alert if if it appears that you have gone out of range, too high or too low, for a set amount of time, and uh, and then you just get an alert. Mm-hmm. So you know, so not not something that's actually purporting to be a medical diagnosis, but right. instead is you know like. Like your step counter on your watch, it it doesn't need to go through FDA approval. No. It's just giving you a number, and this this could be treated in a similar way. And right. then you and then you pull out your portable test kit and jab your finger and and do an extra reading. And that's mm-hmm. what I do with this because sometimes you wonder if this is accurate. So then mm-hmm. that from time to time, you oh do right, you do yes, that. yes, you have something that's that's. Uh, medical grade FDA approved and you still have to prick your finger every now and then just to to when make you sure the numbers that you're are being weird the data you expect you want to make sure that it's not off way off sometimes mm-hmm. it has been you have the final word Ben before we wrap up go ahead there is nothing i want to do more than not have to stick my finger four times a day yep and well as you can see here there's a little bit of me left on the meter. So having something that at least give me an alert that my blood sugar is out of whack uh, would be nice. I mean, granted, I want every diabetic wants something who that is not intrusive. Right. Because, yeah, putting a needle into your skin and, and making yourself bleed is not fun. No. But at the same time, honestly, I want the the FDA to make Apple work for it. Well, and oh, other sure. companies. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure if there's a not, non-intrusive way of doing it, you'll give me about the same reading that my Vario does. Yep. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I definitely say for sure. I'm, I'm 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 hoping for it too. And I think I've been waiting for a long time to see what happens with the Apple Watch. Obviously, they have the challenges to still with the patent issue with the blood oxygen and the doc. And they even say that isn't as accurate as you th- you think it is. It's pretty close, but you just got to be aware that it's not. You know, some medical professionals will probably say you probably want to get a second opinion of a real measurement uh, before you. Uh, confirm that this is the truth but it's it's come come pretty gosh darn close that's for sure all right what a great show this week we had a lot of great discussions and i really appreciate everybody listening and appreciate you guys being here to to walk through this with me this week and we had a lot of fun here so let's go ahead and wrap up for this week please send your comments questions and suggestions to our email address which is feedback at in touch with ios.com you can follow us on mastodon at in touch with ios at tech tech hangout.social 
Support the show by buying me a coffee at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to Patreon.com slash InTouchWithIOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe so you're notified when we are live streaming, which is on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Thanks again to Brian and Brett and others that were in the chat this week. This is on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash in touch with iOS, where, uh, where you can watch the current live stream as well as the past live streams and listen to past, past shows. Visit in touch with iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we discussed are flipped into that magazine. The link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to, to the show in your favorite podcatcher, including uh, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, just go to our, our website, which is in touch with where all the links are, all the ways to listen to us are on that website. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65 at Mastodon.cloud. Jeff Gamut, thank you so much for being here this week. I really appreciate it, as always. Hey, people Ginsberg, you? you were just awesome. And uh, <laughs> thank you for letting me come hang out again. Yes. Um, all right. So uh, on social medias, I'm Jay Gamut. Um, I am active right now on Mastodon, Instagram, and Threads. Then for shows... Uh, Chuck Joiner's Mac Voices Live on Tuesdays, here on Dave's show and Touch with iOS on Thursdays, then the big show and the Mac show on the British Tech Network, and uh, so that would be Thursdays and Fridays, then uh, Brian Chaffin and I record the Context Machine as well. Great. And uh, Ben Rathick, as, uh, as always, I'm so always thrilled that you're here every week and appreciate it. Where can people find you? Well, Dave, you can find me on social media at Ben Rathig. You can find my writings. I'm working on a couple new things this week uh, at Rathig.tech. On Tuesday nights, you can find me on Mac Voices Live with much little. Mr. Chuck Joyner, excuse me. On uh, Thursday and Fridays, you can find me on the British Tech Network on the Big End Mac shows. And of course, you can always find me here on in touch with ios all right thank you ben thank you for listening everybody we really enjoyed doing this show and uh we want to we continue on to give you some great stuff and we'll have another show next week but until then thanks for listening and we'll talk again soon